Welcome to Becoming Church, the podcast where we discuss how the message and movement of Jesus is not just about becoming Christians, but about becoming the church. I'm your host, Kristen Mockler-Young, and I'm so glad you are joining the conversation. Hey guys, welcome back to Becoming Church. Today, we're talking with my friend, Monica Ritchie, who goes to seminary so you don't have to. Hey, Monica, how are you? Hi, I'm good. Thank you for having me. Yes. So I stole your little intro. (laughs) Yeah, please do. (laughs) I love it so much, but that is how I, so I found you on TikTok. Yep. And that's how we very first connected. And that's how you start a lot of your, um, I guess we call them videos. Yeah, that's how I start my videos is typically I just introduce myself and say, hi, my name is Monica and I go to seminary so you don't have to. And that kind of just came out of this shortened version. I started doing these IGTV videos and I would explain like, oh, my name is Monica and I'm going to seminary and this is my way of sharing what I'm learning and part of my program. And it was just this really long intro and I was, people were tuning out and I'm like, this is way too long. (laughs) We need to cut this. And actually I saw a bunch of other people doing like, um, on their videos saying like, I'm going to mechanical school. I think there was a mechanical one I saw that was like, I'm going to mechanical school. So you don't have to go. So I'm going to teach you everything I'm learning about mechanical school. And I was like, Oh, that's perfect because I'm going to seminary and I'm sharing what I'm learning. And so it just kind of evolved into that short little statement to intro what I talk about. Well, I think it's brilliant because it tells people exactly who you are, what you're about. And honestly, you had to shorten it for TikTok because otherwise you would run out of time. Not enough time. Yeah. I know the TikTok audience, I think has the shortest attention span after, I don't know, 3.7 seconds. They're like, swipe, I'm done. I'm out. That was my next sentence. I feel like the, the the TikTok attention span is that of a goldfish, which I understand because my, can, my attention span can live there too. But I was like, this has got to be quick and it's got to be, you know, to the point because otherwise people are moving on. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's that weird tension. We were even talking about it a tiny bit right before we started the episode of like, you want to care because you want people to listen. Yeah. But also you're like, okay, well then swipe if you like, if you don't want to be here, you know, it's it's weird. Yeah. And that's kind of where I landed too. I mean, you're well aware. Sometimes people get offended that I say that, um, and they don't quite understand what it means and that's okay. And I always make it really clear if this isn't for you, if it's not a good fit, do feel free to scroll on. That's okay. Yes. Yes. We will not have our feelings hurt. We are not here for everybody. Nope. And you know, it's just a light, it's meant to be a lighthearted way to intro what I talk about. And again, if that's not for you, that's okay. We can move on. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So you are in seminary and you're teaching us a lot of things, but what are you in seminary for? Like, what are you studying? Um, well, so my program is the master's in Christian thought and I'm at Bethel seminary, which is in twins, the twin cities, um, Minnesota, if you're unfamiliar with that, Um, Minnesota, Minnesota. Yep. Yep. Um, and so I am wrapping up my program this August. So I will be done August 22nd. Not that I'm counting. Okay. Awesome. You're very, very close. Mm-hmm. And what do you want to do? I know this is probably the question when seminary's over. Yes. That is the million dollar question. You okay. know, there are a lot of things that I want to do. <laughs> um, but genuinely, um, I am very open to whatever God has planned, whether that be 
um, writing, speaking, teaching, whatever that looks like. Um, my heart's desire is genuinely just to give people the, I, I, I like to say the color that seminary gave me. Mm -hmm. um, it gave my faith such a richness um, through deep theological study. And I just want to share that. And I, I just wish other people could see how beautiful deep theological study is and how that enriches your life just yeah. in your heart to the core. Well, and how simple it is, or maybe you just make it seem simple. I'm sure going to seminary itself is not simple, but just you give these little nuggets like, Hey, just understand what this word means. Just look at context, just dig in a little bit. And it's not as hard as we think it is. Yeah. I, I do think that it's, it's both things are true. It is hard, um, but it's not as hard as we make it. I think by hard in terms of us making it hard is complicated. It's probably not as yeah. complicated as we make it, but it does take mental energy and effort, sure. um, which again, referencing back to our earlier conversation, thinking about our, you know, attention span of a goldfish. That's not, yes. always, <laughs> that's not always easy. It takes some dedication and it does take some work to become more disciplined or for Bible reading to become more of a pattern in your life, to be a little bit easier, those kinds of things. So probably not as complicated as we make it, but yeah, complicated is a better word. Well, and I think that, tell me if you agree, I think it's partly that it's, it does take work and it takes some effort, but I wonder too, just if people are kind of, um, I don't know. I can't think of the right word. Now my brain is complicated, but I think people are so used to just tell me what I need to know, like just spoon feed it to me. Yeah. And they don't even know how to dig in. Mm -hmm. I, I completely agree. I do not think that the lack of depth is necessarily the individual's, you know, fault for lack of better word, but maybe they haven't been taught these things. I yeah. know before going to seminary, I was not taught a lot of these things. And again, that's why I say that seminary gave me so much color to my faith because yeah. I think previously, um, especially growing up in the highly evangelical era, we were given such application focused messages mm -hmm. versus being taught, you know, maybe deeper theology or those kinds of things. And so we were just never taught yeah. these things and we don't have to be afraid of them. I think that's the other thing too, is sometimes maybe churches, I don't know for sure, but maybe get a little bit afraid to teach mm -hmm. these things because there is, can be a spectrum of thought. Right. Um, so maybe there's a little bit of fear involved in some of that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there is. And I bet most people wouldn't even think about there being fear, like from the quote unquote pulpit side, but mm -hmm. yeah, if you teach your people and that's part of why I love mosaic and what this podcast is about, we really want our people to think like we want to teach them to think for their own and take what we're saying and we're studying it and here's scripture and mm -hmm. all of the things. But if it doesn't sound right, or you're not sure, like dig in yourself and, and do the wrestling just because you've never done it before. doesn't mean you can't learn how. Right. Right. And yeah, that's just one of the things is I think maybe there's been, um, you know, not as big of an opportunity is learning how to dig in. Cause I yeah. see people wanting to, I see yeah. people craving that and desiring that. And, um, yeah. So I think that, I think that it's, you know, it's good. It's good to want to do that, but we need to learn how to do that. Yeah. Yeah. 
And is that what hermeneutics is? I know you, one of the things I see you post the most and I messaged you once, I was like, you need to get this in a tattoo. Cause you're always like hermeneutics is like better than apologetics or hermeneutics over apologetics. So first tell people what those two words mean. Sure. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I know. I say that all the time. I shouldn't bombard your, your profile with that. No, Um, I love it. (laughs) <laughs> but hermeneutics <laughs> is just my jam. Um, hermeneutics is the study of biblical interpretation. And um, within hermeneutics, there's, there is information gathering that happens within hermeneutics. It's things like, you know, we've talked about context. What kind of genre are you reading? Who is the author? Who is the implied hearer? There's information gathering yeah. happening in hermeneutics. But beyond that um, informative level, Um, there are models of hermeneutics, which simply means models of interpretation. So that, that there, there's a spectrum, you're going to have everything from countercultural interpretation. I know that these probably are kind of specific things, but, um, you're going to have everything from like countercultural transferable or translatable, sorry. And like anthropological. So there's different models of contextualization, but hermeneutics is understanding that scripture is communication. Scripture is Mm. God's word to us or for us. It wasn't written to us, but scripture was written for us. So reading it in that aspect. And I think it brings about um, just a great sense of humility when we approach scripture in that way and understanding that um, this is God's communication of himself. Yeah for us. And so how is that different from apologetics for people that are trying to like grapple with the terms? Sure. Wrap their head around both terms. So apologetics uses a, um, so apologetics means defending or speaking in defense of something. And so in the Christian faith, that's defending a specific position, doctrine, um, you know, way of living or thinking biblically about something. Um, And that takes a systematic theology approach. So oftentimes with apologetics, you're looking at verses like throughout scripture um, and basically, you know, I think about apologetics and one of my kind of issues I have with it and why I prefer hermeneutics to apologetics is I feel that um, apologetics kind of lacks interpreting scripture as a whole. And so when we pluck verses out, um, as apolog- apologetics does in a systematic way, it, it, it removes some of the interpretational processes that need to happen and it removes the communication aspect. So it's very, um, from my perspective, seems very informational gathering. Um, and when we're thinking about scripture as communication, what we want scripture to do is really move from our head into our hearts. Yeah. Because our hearts are where the transformation happens. It's relational in that way. God is relational. And so um, hermeneutics has a, a, a way of communicating that. And in a sense that apologetics, in my opinion, doesn't necessarily have that strength and that power. I also think about apologetics in terms of you can have evangelical apologetics. You can have um, Catholic apologetics. Mm-hmm. You can have multiple different doctrines being defended by systematic theology. Um, And so 
again, hermeneutics presents an opportunity to see scripture as a whole and to see scripture as God's communication to us that goes beyond information gathering um, and works in the heart. And so yeah. that's, that's helpful. Yeah. That's my, my preference to hermeneutics. Um, yeah. And it allows us to return to a relational aspect with God when we approach scripture in that way. Again, it's humility based. We have to approach scripture in humility. Um, and it, again, it just allows us to return to this. God is relational. So yeah. hermeneutics is in reading scripture as communication really emphasizes that. Yeah. So let me, I was just thinking of, tell me what you as a, as a hermen, hermeneutiker, I made that word up. I know I did. <laughs> hermeneutics enthusiast. Yeah. Oh, I like that even better. I'll make you a bumper sticker that says that. Oh yeah. Um, so I, there are people that I think either live by this phrase or like completely abhor it, but the Bible is clear. Bible yeah. is clear on yada, yada. What do you think about that? Ooh. Um, again, that see, this is why hermeneutics is so important. It's going to depend on what your hermeneutical model is. If you live by a countercultural model of interpretation, that is going to be a, a yes for you. And so, I mean, if you live by, uh, translation, hermeneutical interpretation or a translation model, it's not going to be as black and white for you. There's going to be a little bit more gray area. There's going to be more nuance there. Um, again, it depends on what your, your hermeneutical method is. And that's why it's so important to understand hermeneutics too, when we talk about interpretation, because I even think of the book of Philemon, this book was used to support slavery. I mean, when you look at that book, that was something that people used to interpret and say, oh, here's our, here's our support for this. Mm -hmm. But once we understand hermeneutics better versus apologetics, because apologetics uses the used to use that book and support it. Right. So, but once we understand interpretation, then we can look at that book and say, Oh, that's actually not what it was saying at all. This is, this is a letter of, of, of love and the gospel. And that's, we want to look for the heart of God in that, not using it for our benefit and to support a doctrine that we yeah. would like to be supported. Yeah. Do you have any idea? And maybe you don't, this is just a question that just popped into my head. I feel like this is one of the most places where Christians are the most divided. I feel like this is such a divisive issue on either the Bible means exactly what it says. Everything is true. There are no mistakes. It's inerrant, like the whole deal, or it is open to interpretation and context. Do you feel this? I feel like there's these like two camps and everybody is pretty set where they are. Like, do you have any idea how we got here? Um, so I do see the two camps and I think that we're on the cusp of shifting, um, Christianity. I think that it Christianity for the last, I don't know, however many years has kind of been in a fundamentalist phase mm-hmm. in, in a way. Um, and I wonder if that tension that we're feeling is a shift into more of the hermeneutical scripture as communication um, understanding. And so I do see the camps and um, yeah, it's interesting to, to see and to watch happen. And um, yeah, I'm reading and I'm watching both sides and seeing what everybody has to say about it, because there are people who are 
far smarter than I am in this yeah, in this debate. So I'm listening and I'm learning. And I think that's the best thing we can do is to listen to both sides. Like mm-hmm. with this, oh my gosh. I mean, that statement can apply to so many different things, right? We need to listen to people we agree with and listen to people we don't agree with and weigh it all and see, you know, where we shake out at the end. Absolutely. And wrestle. I've talked about this before too. Wrestling is not disobedience. Um, I just think that that's important to note that if you have these questions, it's not wrong to wrestle. Disobedience is a blatant understanding of God's word and then not obeying that. Wrestling is different. Wrestling is coming to God saying, I don't understand. Reveal to me what this scripture means read it over and over and over again. If, if necessary, perhaps you consult some commentary on that, um, but really using the scripture to let God speak to you over those things. Mm-hmm. I think the relationship part of it plays such a big piece too. And that from, from my limited perspective, it seems like maybe the hermeneutical side understands that. And then the, the, I don't know, Bible literalists or whatever we want to call them, I I almost feel like that part is missing where I heard um, somebody say recently, like, well, yeah, Jesus, but if you want to know who Jesus is, how do you get to know him? You have to read the Bible. And I was like, yes. And like also, and God still speaks to me today. And there are experiences. And like you said, the wrestling, like I can read scripture to learn about who Jesus was. But if I don't internalize that, if I don't go to God with that myself, I feel like we're missing so much more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we are missing so much more. And that's part of discipleship too, right? It's just learning, training ourselves on who Jesus is. I, I say it all the time that our job, our goal, our call as Christians is to reflect Christ into the world. And that's discipleship. And the only way to embody somebody is to get to know them. And the only way to get to know God through Christ is by reading your Bible. And again, it goes back to that disciplinary piece. Like we've talked about, it's really, it's, we make it more complicated probably than it is, but it can be challenging to sit down and to read something and to attempt to understand. And um, that's challenging. It's not always an easy thing to do. And it's not always like sunshine and rainbows, right? It's not this really beautiful setting. And you walk away from your Bible reading like, yes, I have grown and I understand this. No, (laughs) (laughs) It's like, no, I read this and I'm so confused. What does this mean? And so then you go back and you read it again and then you pray and then you read it again and you keep going until God makes it either clear to you mm-hmm. or gives you peace that it's going to lay unclear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that's where to having specific trusted voices. Like I, I said earlier, I love listening. Like we can learn from a broad yeah. spectrum of people, okay. but on the days that, and it happens somewhat often, often <laughs> we have once every couple of years or so where I spiral and I'm like, God, why did you call me to ministry? Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what you're saying. I cannot help people understand when I am clueless myself, <laughs> like in those instances, I need to go to my trusted voices. Yes. You know? yes. 
God being one of them, but also people. (laughs) Yes. And that's what community is for that edification and that affirmation. And that just great reminder that, you know, we live in strength and weakness and, and we hold them both in tension. So yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, all the things. Well, tell me, how did you decide to use TikTok as like a ministry platform? How did that get started? Well, okay, you know this, but I so I started my Instagram um I think like four and a half years ago, about now. And I started on that platform um as a just like fashion slash mom influencer. That's how I started. Uh-huh. Um, my background is in retail merchandising and photo styling. Um, but I was heavily involved in Bible study fellowship and that's where I kind of fell in love with, uh, another practice called homiletics, um, and just the deep study of scripture. And so when I started my online platform, I did share like faith-based content along the way, um, until uh, God told me to go to seminary. And then I started sharing what I was learning in seminary. And I think I started my TikTok just a few months ago, to be honest. I don't even remember. I think it was just a few months ago where I was like, oh, maybe I should share more over here. Because before I honestly was just using it to make funny videos for my Instagram. I wasn't actually posting anything. And then I was like, oh, I guess, I mean, why not? There's people here too. Let's see what happens. And that's exactly what it did. Yeah. Yeah. So that's awesome. What is the, and I know the, I'm, I'm with you on being on all the platforms. So I know they all run a little bit differently. Um, but is there like a common question that you get asked the most or like a topic that people hit you up on the most? (laughs) Number one, and I'm sure you get this too. Number one, no doubt, hands down, women in ministry. I knew you were going to say that. I almost. I know. I know you get it too. Oh my gosh. All the time. All the time. Women in ministry and um, purity culture are the two biggest okay. topics that come my way. I have a lot okay. of moms that follow me, especially moms from like my fashion slash mom content days. Awesome. And they've got young kiddos. And so yeah. they're navigating what this looks like. Yeah. So those are my top two women in ministry, purity culture. Okay. Oh, you know, just simple, simple, oh, easy things to answer. Topic. <laughs> yes. mm-hmm. In a 15 not, second video clip. <laughs> yes. Not controversial at all. Always goes over well. <laughs> oh, right. So good. I, do you, are you in your comments often? Like when people come at you argumentatively, um, how much do you engage them? This um, is my own personal question. Sorry, listeners just no. come along for the ride. Yeah, no, I do sometimes engage them. I I think that I don't like to, you know, I mean, you always want to be careful and prayerful and approach them in humility always. And I don't want my flesh to take over because I can be, to be honest with you, like I do get harsh comments um, or people just blatantly telling me I'm wrong or I don't have the authority to speak on this or, you know, I'm told I'm a heretic mm, at least once a week, if not like once every other day. Or just like straight up, laugh at you and it's like no. wow okay um yeah and so those I mean some of them I do address and you know I I try to address them with kindness but also especially if they are um uh person 
of God mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they are yes. seeing others um, in Christ too. I will let them know that I know that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I think that's part of being held accountable. Again, it's not done in a, a snarky or way, but just letting, you know, I see that you are a preacher. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> um, gosh. Is there, you know, I, it, maybe we have miscommunication on this. Can we discuss this or can you yeah. please elaborate further or something or another? And if there is, if I've made a mistake because I had one video where I didn't elaborate enough, I thought yes. that my point was clear. Again, these are short three minute That's videos. One of the hardest parts. Yep. It's so hard. And a lot of times, again, people don't have the same knowledge or background that I'm coming from or perspective right. that I'm coming from. And so I can be short or I can try to make my point too quickly and I missed something important and I've had to go and respond to people and say, I'm sorry, I should have done this better. Let me clarify because I wasn't clear and I'll work on being more clear. Even if the video takes longer, I'll work on that. So yeah, there's been those moments too, but yeah, I mean, so it depends. I mean, sometimes I read comments and sometimes it's like, we we got to move on. Right. Right. It is so hard to try to explain these big things. Like somebody will be like, tell me biblically why it's okay for you to be a pastor, break down second Timothy. And I'm like, can I send you a link to a podcast or a book? Because I literally do not have the video space or the character space in the comment to give you all of the pieces here. Like part of the thing too, I wonder if TikTok limits their character spaces and comments for it, it kind of creates controversy to be honest. Um, yeah, I agree. And that was kind of a thought process I had is because there was some miscommunication happening in my comment section. I was like, you know what? It's really hard with these little characters. I think we're just having a misunderstanding, but I think that we're both attempting to be unified here. Yeah. I think it does it on purpose. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I comment, I respond back some, but I always stop whenever I'm like, Hey, you know what? Like God very clearly called me into ministry. God very clearly told me to be a pastor. If the response is anything like, like somebody once was like, God told you like all the laughing faces you're deranged. And I'm like, Oh, whoa, whoa. If you don't even believe God talks to people like uh, we are not even playing the same game here. (laughs) And we're just not going to like, and those are ones too, where I I firmly believe like you don't have to go and defend yourself. You know, God is going to justify you. If you did something wrong again, like in my case, I did something that wasn't clear. I should go back and I should clarify. Yeah. You know, we don't have to defend ourselves at every single turn. Right. God takes care of it. Yeah. We don't owe people anything necessarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there anything that has surprised you, be it TikTok or social media, just in general, anything as you're kind of like in the ministry, social media space, is there anything that has surprised you? Um, anything that has surprised me? Well, you know, um, I guess just kind of piggybacking on our just last little conversation here, people are still people. <laughs> <laughs> and- <laughs> yes. And um, the reality is that, you know, sometimes you do get, even from other Christ followers, sometimes you do get, um, harsh criticism, harsh words, um, maybe, maybe people that you thought would be supportive, aren't as supportive. Um, 
people are still people. And sometimes um, I think that I kind of forgot that walking into this. Um, yeah. And that can be hurtful and that can just make you be, you know, feel misunderstood or um, question what God put on your heart to do. Um, but, you know, you just keep foraging ahead uh, and yeah. Yeah. Trusting God. Yeah. Well, I, I think I realized people are people and also people have very different responses on social media versus face-to-face in a conversation. Mm-hmm. And just remembering that too, like this may be happening here, mm-hmm. but if it was in person, eye to eye, like they probably wouldn't be responding this way. And that helps me yeah. let it go sometimes, you know? Yeah. And you know what? Let's bring it back to hermeneutics. Maybe <laughs> understanding yes. the hermeneutical model will help yeah. you have more grace for the way in which they respond. Because I do understand that people will have a different, um, you know, model of hermeneutics than maybe I carry. And so I can look at that and say, okay, I know where you're coming from. Yeah. And attempting, (laughs) (laughs) I might not agree, but attempting to connect with their humanity in that way and understanding that, you know, I mean, trying to see the good in that and see the good in that person because they are a person loved by God and just trying to see them that way and connecting in humanity. Yeah. That's so good. Grace for humanity, you know, covers so many things. Mm -hmm. All right. Well this, the podcast is called last question for you. The podcast is called becoming church. So how do you see people around you either becoming church or how do you wish you would see people becoming church? And that can be like in your life or in a social media space. Yeah, I think that becoming church is such a great title because, um, and you know, just for a little bit of you know reference here, and I told you this too. My, I'm I'm currently reading a lot of Karl Barth and Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and so this mm-hmm. is coming at a really interesting time in my studies. Um, but I was reading that and just um, Bonhoeffer mentioned that Christianity means community through Jesus Christ no Christian community is more or less than that. And I think what Bonhoeffer opens up is the idea that church is more than a building, that it's both individual and it's communal. Um, And so I think that church looks like people connecting in humanity and intercessing for one another in prayer and um, fellowship. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's modeling Jesus Christ for our own individual selves, embodying who he is, and then going out into the world. Um, Bonhoeffer borrows from Luther and talks about how the kingdom is to be amongst enemies, which I thought was an interesting thing to read um, this week. And just talking about how it's not meant to be solely for ourselves, nor solely with those who agree with us or treat us well. Because Jesus most certainly was not always around people who agreed with him nor treated him well. Yeah. That was evident um, by his death. And so um, we're called to model that as the church. Yeah. Well, and uh, God only can save people. That's not our job. But if we are called to go into the world and introduce people to him, Mm -hmm. it's kind of impossible to do that if we're only around people who already believe like us and know who yeah. he is. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was reading too. Bonhoeffer made a great point. You know, again, this is, you know, I'm knee deep in this stuff this week. Yeah. Um, but he made a point just kind of about something similar in terms of, are you talking to your brother, to your neighbor? Are you talking to them about Christ more, less, or equal to than you're talking to Christ about your brother or your neighbor? Meaning huh. we should be praying for them more than we're actually maybe talking about Christ to them. So that was an interesting thought for me this week. That is, Mm -hmm. I'm going to like simmer on that for a while. Uh Yeah, I know you got to read. I'm reading life together by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. So, okay. I highly recommend. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, Monica, thank you so much. And friends, thank you for being here and for listening. Please be sure to leave a review. If you've enjoyed our conversation Hey, you can even leave one like Rachel. She left a review recently that said, in a world where information is constantly being thrown around, this podcast feels like a safe place to listen, reflect, and find peace in the midst of chaos. I had been looking for a podcast that would allow me to ask the hard questions, see Jesus rightly, while also being lighthearted and witty. Look at us. I found all of that and more through Becoming Church. So Monica, thank you for being part of that today. Where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram. You can find me on TikTok at It's Monica Ritchie or on my website, monicaritchie.com. Awesome. Well, I absolutely adore you. I'm so glad that you are here and we will talk soon. Yes, we will. All right. Bye guys.